This is Banging on the Drum. Welcome to episode 24 of Banging on the Drum. We are here rolling this week without our fearless leader, Pat, who is off on a tropical island getting married on behalf of Banging on the Drum, Riley, and myself. Congratulations, Pat and Gabby. Congratulations, guys. This week, we will be discussing our hopes and dreams of what the draft can be, the Bucks playoff series versus the Bulls. We will also be setting out a new sundrop challenge for Riley and myself. We will be drafting the first 10 picks of the NFL, most correct pin- picks wins. In the result of a tie, Pat will have to shotgun a sundrop because he didn't show up. All right, Riley, how's things going today? Good, good. Uh, nice warm weather here in Texas. Got some exciting things coming. We can co- get into that for the over and unders, but yeah, doing well. How have you been? Been doing, been doing really well. Everything's going smooth up here, I think, as far as I can tell. Very minor uh, under this week, so that's always good. I never feel like I have a really bad under. On occasion, they get... <sighs> No, that's really, yeah, you're right. That's absolutely wrong. I think my unders have been the worst when I do have like real unders, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been. Yeah, I was gonna say you had like a streak of like I think within like a span of a month you had like two or three where I like it was hard for me to even say something back. I kind of felt pretty bad. I was like, damn. Yeah, I mean, so the so the dogs going and then um, my uncle dying. Those are all pretty bad ones. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we'll get into the over and unders. I'll start with Pat. So uh, the over for Pat is he got married. Uh, under for Pat is he attached the old ball and chain. So uh, for me, my under went to pick up some stuff from Menards and I bought like everything that I needed. I, everything on my list I bought, but I didn't like look closely at things. So then I ended up like getting all just slightly wrong stuff or like Mm -hmm. stuff that double the price due to it being finished instead of unfinished. And then like, usually we paint our stuff and like just finish it up. But yeah, I bought the finished one instead of the primed one. And so then I had to take everything back. It's just a frustrating day to like have to take all that. Yeah. How far away are you from Menards? I feel like you're. Yeah. So we're away. So we're like 45 minutes, but my in-laws live literally three minutes from the arts. And so we're up there quite a bit. I would guess we're up there at least once a week. So it wasn't like the end of the world to take it back, but still like not, I just don't like going to do it. Yeah. Pain in the ass. I feel like. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) And if I would just like take an extra, like five minutes when I'm doing stuff, I would get Mm -hmm. it all right. But I, I try to hurry and then, shit takes the one one time I, you know how you can do like order online and they'll do curbside pickup at like walmart this is this is technically long it's like the same type of thing load up all my groceries and i swear like half the things were like either the wrong brand or like it must have been like half the wrong order so i drive all the way home and i'm i'm loading like stuff page what like what did you get <laughs> what are we doing and then I, I called them and they're like, oh, yeah, we had some mix up. So I feel like that happens to me all the time, too. So, <laughs> yeah. So I had a uh, 
Walmart order that like I pick it up. And so, um, so when I go, I like, it used to be that our account was just under my wife. So I'd say, Oh, I'm picking up food for Kelly or whatever. Right. Which like, sometimes I get, I'd get weird looks, but there's a lot of male Kelly's too. They load all the shit in my car. I drive away and like five minutes later, they're like, we loaded all the wrong stuff. They couldn't take any of it back. So I had all this shit that like my family won't eat. Right. Weird, like flavored chips and stuff like that. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, I guess it was kind of a windfall for me. Like I got to try these different things. There you go. <laughs> the rest of my family. Uh, so my over, I got out golfing um, this weekend. Had a really good time. Bunch of my buddies. It was 75, but the wind was probably like 30 mile an hour gusts. Oh, so, so it made was it like 65. Like, so the weather, like I was in shorts and a t-shirt, so it was fine out. Oh, okay. But it was like hard to golf in that wind, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I, you know, that's my excuse for why I shot like a 110. Where they're <laughs> like guys I was golfing with, one guy shot like an 84 or something like that. So did pretty well in that where and then I went out and like shit the bed, but I don't golf that often anymore, but I had a lot of fun. So. Yeah. I was going to say, I golf like once a year. If I have like one shot around that I'm happy with, like I'm, that's good with me. Like I'll just keep replaying that shot in my head. Yep. For me, that's, I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I'll get a couple shots every time I go out that I'm like, yep, I know how to go. And then, you know, another 107 that are just terrible. So exactly. Um, I'll do my over and overs and unders. Start with my under. I was talking to Mike about this before we started. Got a late start to this. Um, my dog decided to pee on all of the blankets in our spare bedroom. Just like, I don't know, he's never had, I mean, he's, just turned one so i mean he occasionally pees inside like once every like two months maybe but like it was such a pain in the ass because i have some company coming over so i've had to do some last minute laundry but um yeah kind of a pain in the ass minor inconvenience like my dogs were always like pretty good right up until the day that they weren't pretty good right like all of a sudden you just have a puddle of piss in the middle of your floor and you're like what in the hell is going on? Yeah, that that actually happened to both my dogs. And like the second when it happened with the second dog, like we all kind of were like, we all knew, like, oh yeah. shoot. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, he's usually pretty good, and we're good about letting him out, so I can't be too mad at him. Um, my over for the week, I have my sister and her boyfriend are visiting. So I have some family visiting for the first time since I think October. And then I'm seeing them for the first time since Christmas. So that'll be fun. Uh, we're going to a Rangers and Astros game. So that will be interesting. I mean, I don't care for either team, but have a few drinks and watch some baseball. So that'll be fun. And then a couple other things we got planned. So it should be a fun weekend. Yeah. I think like being at a baseball game, even if it's not your team, like atmosphere is big. I don't know. The Astros have been good in the past. Are the Rangers any good? I don't, I kind of keep up with them. I guess they, 
really splashed the money. I think they like doubled their payroll this year. So they're supposed to be much better this year than last year, but I think there's still like a 500 team, but I mean, it's we're like 20 games into 160 game season. So, I mean, only time will tell, but they should be, they should be good. And I think it's obviously, it's probably somewhat of a rivalry, the two Texas teams. Um, So that would be cool. And then, I'll I'll be able to get to see Globe Life, their new stadium, for the first time. So that'll be cool too. Yeah, the newer the newer baseball stadiums are kind of unique to kind of just walk through as well, which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, that that whole area is really cool. I mean, it's right by Jerry's World and their old Rangers State. It's like a cool entertainment area. So we'll we'll go early, get some drinks, and do that. Um, I heard the the Globe Life Field's like the dollar general version of Miller Park because it's like the indoor type of field, but like it's not as filled out, I guess, somebody was saying. So that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I can't like – I feel like Miller Park's kind of that already. It's the dollar general version of an indoor park, right? But, you know, maybe I'm just dismissing it because that's where I go, right, so that it's common. Yeah. So. All right. So moving on a little bit, we're going to go into the results from the playoff, the NBA playoffs so far. Sun drop challenge between uh, Pat, Kyle, Riley and myself. Right now, the only person doesn't have any points on the board is Pat. Everybody else has one with the Celtics winning. Pat took Brooklyn. you know, lost the points right away. So he's already behind right off the bat. So we'll go into our favorite teams and that kind of stuff before we get into the draft and the uh, Brewers talk. So we're going to go to the back of the onion bag with Riley. Two boring soccer games. Actually, one boring soccer game and one exciting one, Tots. Our tots uh, tied zero to zero. Another one of those such like such a boring game. Like I couldn't even find any anything good in it. Um, I'm sure there was, but um, it was a boring game. And then Dallas, they were playing Houston, which is a pretty big rivalry, I guess. Come from behind win. I think it was three to two or four to three. They won by a last second goal. So pretty exciting game for that one. Where do we sit at with the Tots making the Champions League for next year? So that's the exciting part for me. So we're we're pretty much in like a neck and neck um, battle with our rivals. With uh, I think five five six games left, and they still are yet to play each other. So that will have like a pretty big significance. And I think every game from here on out is pretty significant so it just it makes soccer a little more fun if you're neutral and don't really care there's a little something on the line so you might might see some you know some fights or something like that that tends to happen but and by fights i mean they flop around for you mike i know you were gonna (laughs) sneak that one in but Uh, um yeah i was considering it so yeah yeah it's tough to watch but no they should have some fun games to watch so if you guys have nothing to watch at like saturday at six in the morning and that's on tv throw it on 
if they make the Champions League, do that are they in like a final tournament for the year then too? Actually, it will it roll into the next season. So they would have the summer off, and then the next season it puts them into a tournament with all the top teams in Europe, and that just it just means more money for them. It's that's where all the big money is, and that's how you get uh, significantly better players. I guess it'd be like uh, NCAA basketball program making March Madness kind of. I mean, it's tougher to make the soccer tournament, but it. it it's more money for the program, um, good for recruiting. Um, and for a team like Tottenham, they they don't make it too often. So it may, it makes a pretty big difference. They're in the Champions League this year. Is that correct? No. So the past four, three or four years, they've been really struggling, like really bad. They haven't been making – They've they made a couple tournaments like that, but it's like the NIT of that, and they're playing okay. teams from like Turkey, respectively, and, and you know, like smaller countries that you know, like there's no money in it type of thing. So once you make the Champions League, that's kind of like the big time over there. All right, all right, and then so yeah. you mentioned Dallas, but I kind of zoned out on it. What was it? Are they? have any chance at making playoffs or anything like that? Yeah. So it's early in the year. Um, it's, they're looking like a really good team. I, I think, I don't know. I don't, I don't watch MLS as much um, during the European season, but I mean, I think they should make the playoffs. They have a really good team. They have two or three of the U S U S um, players on there. So that's that's already like a big step above a lot of the other teams. Um, so, yeah, we should see them in the playoffs. Good deal. All right, moving on to clap bombs with Pat. So Pat's not here today. I'll take over that. Uh, so one and two in the last week, three games to go before the end of the season. They're up two games in the wild card race over the Golden Knights. Ne- need to win at least one game, like to guarantee that we're in. And then mm-hmm. – probably score a bunch of goals. So I don't know exactly how the NHL playoff system works, but there's definitely a point system to it. And then a record side to it as well. So they're playing tonight. And if they win tonight, they're playing the Calgary flames tonight. Last I saw they were down one, nothing. And if they win tonight, Twitter was making it sound like they're so predators should be able to make the playoffs. Once they make the playoffs, should be pretty easily right into the Stanley Cup finals. I I see no <laughs> absolutely no issue, right. They're they're currently tied two two. I just saw at the bottom of my TV screen. I don't know nice. anything about the about hockey, but all I know is their their playoffs are like kick ass. And I don't know anything about hockey, but I'll always throw on playoffs always. Yeah, and so I'm in the same boat. Like we could have pretty easily brought somebody on as a hockey expert just to kind of roll things through here. Um, but, you know, it is what <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Makes it more fun this way. We're learning together. Moving on to grunting with Pat. So Riley, Riley Opelka won a tournament maybe early April. He won a, like a, a major tournament. And then uh, he 
has risen up to number 17 in the world. Uh, no other real news on Riley Opelka. And then Fritz won another tournament. He beat Nadal in a tournament Ooh. earlier this month as well. So both Americans, both guys that we're kind of rooting for. Um, I didn't catch where he sits in the in the overall rankings for the Worlds, but Riley Opelka moved up to number 17 from number 18 in the world. It's kind of kind of big. Uh, turning left with Mike. Uh, so Martin Truex Jr. places fifth in the Geico 500 at Talladega. He's now in 12th place in the cup standings. He led for zero laps during the race. He's still in the chase for the cup. Top 16 rate racers will make it. I think I actually said that the top 10 make it at one point, but that's not correct. I took a quick look at that today. He's still doing well. He quit, finished fifth. I think the last two races, he was in the mid twenties. Hopefully we get started getting some wins here, but we're doing all did, right. Did you see, I think it was two weekends ago. Now, now they had like a dirt race in NASCAR. It was, yeah, it was they, one did of the that. Only- they did that at Bristol and they, like during that race, he finished like 21st or 22nd. Something. Okay. I just thought it was cool. I think that's what NASCAR like needs to do to start like getting people's attention again. Cause that like honestly interested me a little bit to at least like look at something on Twitter, you know? So I think NASCAR is really big. So I think they have like a hundred thousand people at it, their events. Yeah. So actually, Which it, so I the, missed, right. So that's like way over my head. I'm like, who would go to that shit? Right. But people do. Yeah. Um, right when I moved down here, we lived like 30 minutes from the Texas motor speedway and they moved the all-star race down here just during COVID just cause Texas was pretty lax with their COVID stuff. Yep. And Holy shit. They they did have quite the uh, fan base. I uh, Paige and I drove past during it just because we were curious to see like how many people actually went to it. We we couldn't drive through it because it was so busy. We had to like take a detour and go around. So I I mean, I might just be like missing the whole point of like how big of it it is. But so I mean, for I, me, I don't know about you, but I can't see the excitement in it. Right. Yeah. I don't, and I don't get like why I should be excited at like lap one. Maybe I just don't like racing. Anymore. And that's, it might be this. So that's probably how pe- people feel with soccer. It might be the same with NASCAR or racing in general. You just need to know like where to watch or who to watch and just like not sit and watch your screen. Like, cause if, I'm going to go back to soccer. Like if you look and just watch the ball the whole time, it's so boring. It's probably same with hockey. If you see like all the other stuff that goes into it, I think that's what makes it fun, but that might be just me. I've never sat down and watched NASCAR though either. It's never been something that like I needed to have on. Maybe I could get into it if I like really started sitting down to watch it, but it's just, it's hard for me to like, take my time. Maybe it's a good thing to have on like in the back, right? So baseball is really good to have on like in the back. When I'm watching football, I'm like engaged. Mm -hmm. But baseball, I can just kind of have on 40 seconds of every minute is they're doing nothing. So I'm not even missing anything for the most part. 
That's actually a that's actually a really good call because there are like plenty of sports that are like such good background sports, but like you never put your full attention on it because it's just it's way too boring. That's how I am with golf, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. So I think golf is kind of in that same boat. Um, oh, geez, that was really uh really Wisconsin there when I said boat. So <laughs> <laughs> boat. Yeah, it was a it was a bad one. I, I heard it myself, which means it had to been very bad. <laughs> but like basketball wouldn't fall under that for me either, right? Because there's so much always going on that it's mm-hmm. hard to just have that on in the background. Because they're always scoring, they're always doing something where it's like, oh, they completed another lap. Good job, guys. <laughs> I don't, I don't. Do it. But that's no. all right. Have you? Sorry, we're gonna. I'm gonna go off. Kind of side note. Have you tried F1? Or have you nope. like? Have no. you seen the Netflix series at all? I nope. I watched that and like I could care less about it to start. And I watched it, and a lot of people like. I mean, it's getting a big fan base in America because of it. So maybe check that one out. It's just different how they do it. I mean, it's such like a European way to do it. Where like everybody, like when they finish like eighth, half the teams like celebrate getting eighth. Just because there's so much riding on it. It's interesting. Yeah. And so F1 is like IndyCar stuff, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So moving on to the Brewers. I don't know if we have like a like a fancy thing that we say for when we're talking about the Brewers or not. Not that I know. We can try to think of one while yeah, we Pat, do it. But. Pat, Pat should work on it. Um, that's what he should be doing on his, uh, I guess his honeymoon kind of, right. Just got married. That's what what he needs to be concentrating on. He's figuring out what we do for the brewers. Cause he's, he's Uh, probably listening to us on his honeymoon. He better be. I mean, he's got that shit downloaded, uh, downloading it to, uh, Gabby's phone too. Everybody that he sees around download it to their phones. Uh, all right. So the brewers had, Three wins and two losses, and mostly what seems to be a lack of runs seems to be the big issue. Pitching is yeah. doing well as an example. Last night, Burns went six and two in six point two innings and had eleven Ks, no earned runs, and then they get a loss. They lose four to two in the back end of that. So you should be able to put up like four or five runs. Be in the lead in that, that like your relievers can come in, do their thing, and it's over. Um, and then tonight, uh, Willie Adams hits two bombs, hits a double. He's got seven RBI on the night, ties the team record. Looks like they're in line for another win. Last I saw it was 10 to four. I'm guessing that that is getting right to the final. 11 to seven currently, uh, top of the ninth. Two outs, bases loaded. So may tack on more, but. All right. All right. The Brewers are playing well overall. I didn't look at their overall record, but it's plus. It's like eight and six, nine and five, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Their pitching's been, like you said, their pitching's been really well. It's just, I I mean, other than up to this game, no one's been consistently good offensively for us, at least from what I've seen. I'm not a baseball expert by any means, but 
Adamus um, is getting a hot bat. I feel like if, you know, two or three people have a hot bat at any given time and we can score three or four runs a game, our pitching staff is good enough to get us a lot of wins. I was reading that. Did I say Adams? I'm sure I did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah, I fucked it all up. <laughs> all right, so we'll go over to you, Riley, with Bucks in 60 seconds. I, I don't remember where we left off before we started. It might have been before the whole series. They are the Bucks are currently up three to one in the series against the Bulls. Um, coming back home to Milwaukee, they'll be playing Wednesday. I'm sure they'll be playing the day you're listening, or maybe the day after. Unfortunately, Chris Middleton has a sprained MCL, so he's going to be out for I don't know three weeks, two weeks. I think they said they'll reevaluate after two weeks. Hopefully, the playoffs get stretched out a little bit so he gets a little rest. But um, it looks like the box should be winning at home. Levine's in uh, health protocol or safety, health and safety protocol. So maybe they'll be missing him. And then it looks like we'll be playing the Celtics, who look like a really good team. They swept the Nets, really talented Nets team. Um, so hopefully Middleton's back for that. Do you have anything else to add to that? I guess Grayson Allen's been looking like a stud. Drew Holiday's been looking like a stud. And Giannis has been doing typical Giannis things. Uh, yeah, so I think that the defense has really stepped up now that Middleton is out. All right, and so I thought that like the defense has really stepped up since Middleton has been out of the, out of the games. Um, we've been – the Bucks been holding the Bulls to like – 85, 90 points, which is huge. And then with uh, Giannis doing his thing, Grayson doing his thing, we're in really good shape to hopefully do the same thing again here on Wednesday night. Take the series in five. I'll, I'll miss a couple points because I'm way too optimistic on the Bucks, but I'll still I'll still give them a Bucks in 17 instead of 60. So. <laughs> I did have one more thing to add to that to watch out for. Just cut this. I thought it was going to come to my mind. I had something I wanted to say. but Yeah, sorry. I probably cut you off when you took that no, quick little break. <laughs> you're good. You're good. So right. getting into Packers news, there's been some like rumors about uh, Debo wants to get traded, that the Packers would be in on a guy like that. I'm not so certain that Debo is going to get traded at all. Debo Samuel from the San Francisco 49ers, uh, he's a wide receiver, seems disgruntled with San Francisco and is kind of looking to get out of San Francisco. Uh, would be a great addition to the Packers, but I don't know if it's even like a possibility. I don't know if the San Francisco 49ers would allow him to be a Packer. Right. So if you're going to trade him, are you going to trade him to the Packers? And then on top of that, I don't know if the 49ers are willing to get rid of him at all. If you watch him last year, like either A, if you're the 49ers, you pay him because he's top, you know, five, ten, top, for sure, top 10 wide receiver in the game right now. Yep. And two, why would you get? rid of him when his contract's on an issue right now and 
they did they're close to winning a Super Bowl. Like it just doesn't make sense to them. I don't know if NFL players are starting to get like the NBA vibes of just starting whenever you don't want to play demand a trade or sit out. I don't know if that's what they're starting to do. I don't see the Packers getting him, unfortunately. If it was possible, if the Niners would trade to the Packers, what would you be willing to give up to obtain a guy like Debo? I would for sure give up one of our first round picks because you already know he's a proven stud right now and he's going to be probably providing more than any of the current first round picks and then probably have to throw in another pick i don't know what number pick but what the you've i mean you've seen the market it's either like heavy like two or three first rounders or it could be like a fifth round pick like i feel like it's so random but with his contract i i would have to say probably two first rounders and a something else so, so you think maybe both first rounders would have to go? I, I think if I, you gave up what we gave up for Adams, if you gave up the exact or what we got for Adams, if you gave up the exact same thing, it might be doable, right? So a first and a second. I think that the initial thoughts were that San Francisco is going to request a two firsts, but if if he's not willing to play, I feel like we're in a weird spot. If he's in a weird, like if he's not willing to play, San Francisco can't really demand. So I think that was the difference between Adams and Debo is that Adams didn't say, There's no way I'm ever going to play for you again. He said, I want to be in Las Vegas. And the Packers were like, Okay, I think we can make that work. Otherwise, they would have opened it up to everybody. And we probably would have, at the very least, got a higher one and a higher two. We wouldn't have like got significantly more, but we would have got a little bit more. With Debo, with him saying, I don't want to play for the Niners, like you open it up to the whole league, you should be able to get what Adams is, right? And that depends on how San Francisco views him. Because if San Francisco views him as the best player in the in the best wide receiver in the league, which is the way Packer fans see Adams. Yeah then you might be chasing higher higher draft picks and stuff like that. So, you, what, yeah, I guess it's possible you might have to give up both. What, what would you think? I think if you give up the 22 and the 53 or whatever it is, which I think is the Raiders picks, that we should be able to obtain, right? But yeah, that isn't for sure. Easier said than done. Yeah. So I did throw something out in um, kind of the Twitter verse that like if it if it's just a one for Debo and it's just a one for say like an AJ Brown or a Terry McLaurin or a I don't DK I'm not super high on DK Metcalf I don't know like he's big and he's fast and he he does all the right things but for me. I don't know. I I think I have a real problem with Seattle players just because I don't like I don't like what they've done to the Packers and yeah, I don't, understandably. And I don't like Russell Wilson. So it it might come down to that that like I'm just like a hater of the Seattle mm-hmm. players, and that's why I don't want DK. But 
if those guys are worth a one, right? So Terry McLaurin is the guy I would probably prefer the most. I'd, I, AJ Brown and Terry McLaurin are probably my two favorite like wide receivers that are not Packers, almost yeah. for sure. And AJ Brown, it's just because he was on my fantasy team one year and he lit it up. <laughs> if those guys are worth a one, you could just give up a one for McLaurin, a one for Debo, and both your twos for and um I guess it's like Darren Waller, right? So is the other option out there. I would give up my whole draft for those three players. Preface this Darren Waller appears to be on the trading block from the Raiders. He, he was also rumored, I don't know if you've seen this, he was rumored to be a part of the Devontae Adams trade. I haven't read into it at all, so I don't know any more than that. And I think the NFL denied it. And I, yeah, I don't so know if that's true or because not. They tag, it, because they use the franchise tag, which is a, in theory like a way to keep players in cities, you can't trade a player for a player. Okay. If you use the franchise tape. Okay. Um, is what Twitter told. Okay. So you would, would you give up any of the, are you saying you'd give up every pick this year? Would you give up any past that? Or would you be willing to give up more than just this year for those three players? Cause this is interesting to me. Cause I kind of fall in the same boat. So I just think that. Um, yeah, I would give up more. Um, if like somebody was like, oh, we need a first and a fourth for AJ Brown. I'd, I'd do that. I don't, I think we have like 11 picks, something along those lines. Yeah. We have quite a few this year. Yeah. So we have a bunch of picks. And if you told me that I could guarantee that I have those three guys relatively healthy next year. With the current team that we have, I'd be comfortable pulling the trigger on giving away my whole draft. I get that that doesn't like set us up for in four years. In four years, we're going to have a couple holes, right? I understand that. But next year and maybe the following year even, teams would have a lot of trouble beating. Yeah. Especially on the and, offense. Yeah, and we're in such a win now mode. I think we're all starving again for that second Super Bowl under Rodgers that I I would comfortably say I'm willing to give up quite a few years of success for that second Super Bowl. So I, I would for sure be all in on this. Yeah, and see, I don't know if I'm willing to give up the success, right? So I like what they do in the draft. I like how they grab a player that develops like Rashawn Gary or even an uh, Alexander, um, A.J. Dillon. I like that they get those guys that get better through time. David Bakhtiari, like when he came in, he was a fourth rounder, and now he's a pro bowl, right? I like that. I I do prefer that we win all the time. <laughs> Um, yeah, fair. <laughs> I, but I don't know that having a 22nd pick and a 28th pick necessarily encourages that winning, right? So 
if you could give those up for young wide receivers that would sign in Green Bay long-term, I don't see the harm there. Or even one of them signs. So you give up both those picks and one of them signs long-term there uh, for another five-year deal. Say you get A.J. Brown for another five years with, and you get three of that with Rodgers. You're in really good shape. Yeah. Now it costs you more, but that's just the way it goes. I think I like having proven veteran talent with the 22nd and the 28th pick. I don't know what I have. Exactly. And I think even at that, it's still first round picks, but I, I'd be willing to bet only one of those two picks paying out for a second contract with whatever team they're drafted to. You never know what you're getting in the draft. And if they're proven with even two years of good, like a good track record of some, some kind, I'm taking them right now. Cause just we're in such a need of that right now. And we're, we have the amount of picks to give up. I think it's almost no brainer. And I think can't remember if it's Gunta Kuntz or whoever was saying that, I don't know their direct quote, but that the draft is going to be interesting or will I, whatever. I think that was Murphy. Murphy. I, I don't know. And you can, it might mean nothing, but it, it made it sound like it, they were going to make some type of interesting moves, but I mean, it could just be the smoke screens. Yeah. And I, so, and I think the part that I'm overlooking about the draft is that this is a place where you can get young players that are good, that can play on your special teams that we haven't, we haven't succeeded in having like a high end special teams in kind of a while. And so maybe we do need to do like have these 11 picks try to get as many of those guys on the team as possible. But then if you're trying to get those types of players, you're not chasing wide receivers. Really. You're probably chasing safeties and corners and linebackers. Those are the guys that make up your special team units that are really good. Yeah. yeah. General, general. And the good, good spot that we're in is we can still trade away a couple picks and still have quite a few picks to get those guys. So like, I feel pretty confident, like where we're sitting. I just hope we don't use it on like stupid players. And I think it's all easy for us to say, Oh, we could trade two for Terry yeah. McLaurin, but I don't know. I, I, I feel pretty hopeful about it despite the lack of weapons. Cause there's so much we can do with these 11 draft picks. I've heard of a lot of people that argue that they – well, so this is kind of going to the next thing, but they need to take two wide receivers. They need to take two wide receivers. And I don't know that that's accurate. I don't – like, my personal belief is that the first round, right, and especially where we sit in the first round, is not guaranteed that we have a really high-end wide receiver. It doesn't It doesn't put it there for yeah, and that's where I'm like, if you can't guarantee that, why not trade it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> someone yeah. who's going to guarantee it. But I mean, again, easier said than done. 
But I would, even with those two picks, if we do decide to keep those, yeah, I agree. I think we do. I don't know what you would do exactly, but one wide receiver and then maybe a defensive lineman. I don't think two wide receivers is necessary. This and the picks we're at, if we were like top two, top 15, we could get really two high end wide receivers. But I mean, there's no point of waste, wasting, not, I mean, I guess not using those draft picks on maybe like best availability after you get a wide receiver or yeah. other way around. But I agree with that. I think it's actually more important to get the best available player. Okay. And to me, best available players generally are tackles and defensive ends and guys that don't play the flashy position. That's who generally is the best player on the board at that point. That's such an older person take way to look at football. And I I agree, but that was awesome to hear. I'm sorry. Keep going. Yeah. So for me, I want edge rushers. That's who that's the, that's the position that I think from like probably 2010 to 2000 and like 18, we really struggled with the most. So you had uh, Clay Matthews, who's really good, right? Really good, affected a lot of games, but he was the only thing we had as an edge rusher. We did not have mm-hmm. a secondary person. And if you put a secondary person with Matthews, it could have been like a game changer. And I'm trying to think who was even on the other side of him for most of that time. And right off the top of my head, I can't think who it is. So we brought Julius Peppers in for a a year or two at the absolute end of his career. I can't think of who I don't know. On the Super Bowl team, who would have who would it have been? Nick Barton. No, he's middle. Yeah, and I don't think he was there yet because AJ Hawk was kind of running the show in the middle at that time. I don't know. That's that's a good point. Yeah. But like you should have a like I would prefer another Gary that as a rookie just makes enough plays, right? I'd rather have that guy than have a wide receiver that is our third wide receiver. You yeah. know, I'd rather have a third edge rusher because that's an energy position. If you have energy, you can make more plays. And even if like you can just spell Gary, then he has more energy in play for place. So, yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I feel like for sure wide receiver with one of those two picks. But yeah, I agree. We do need, we need, yeah, just an impact player on defense on the defensive line that can because. Since the Darius Smith left, yeah, we don't really have anyone that's going to make that impact. I mean, we do, but no one on the edge that can really make that impact play like he could when he was healthy. So, yeah, when he was healthy, he was, he was like killing everybody. And so having him and Gary would have been really dynamic. It disappoints me a lot that he chooses to go to Minnesota. What are you going to do? I think he he got a little bit of uh, like a Brett Favre syndrome, like, oh, you guys are going to cut me. I'll show you. I'm going to go to Minnesota and do nothing. But 
Um, yeah, and maybe he got offered more money too. I don't know. I just had I it's if you go to the Vikings, I automatically just dislike you. Yeah, I just won't get over the Brett Favre thing. Like he'll he'll never sit right with me. So I I do hope him I he's one of those players like I don't think anyone disliked him on the Packers. So like I wanted to root yeah. for him when he left. But now, right. like, it just makes me sick, like, just seeing his, like, him and Viking stuff. Yeah, I think that, and I still think that he's probably a good player, and the Packers just moved on a year early rather than a year late. I feel like they do that pretty well. They decide, mm-hmm. all right, we're done with you. We appreciate your time here, but we're not going to extend your contract. I think even with, like, Woodson, they did that. They did that with Julius Peppers. These guys went and played one or two more years in other places. Yeah, Jordy, Nelson. Jordy Nelson. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. And he's one of those players, too, that with his injury last season, it's one of those injuries like you can't count on him yep. being for sure 100% back to who he was. I'm sure he will be, but it's just something you don't want to – if you're paying him that amount of money, you want to get – you want to know the productivity. Did I say that right? Yep, I think so. Yeah, close enough. (laughs) Close enough. (laughs) They all know what we're talking about, or if they don't, I guess, you know, that is what it is, too. They can (laughs) laugh at us. So Darren Waller seems like a real possibility of the trade. Like you said, he was rumored to be, like, the initial offer the Packers made to the Raiders was Darren Waller and a one for Devontae Adams. So in theory, he should only cost a two. Is that something you're willing to do? He's 30 years old. He's coming off a knee injury. For a first-round pick, I uh, I think I would for one of the first round. That's oh, one of those. So that's I, tough. I'm sorry. So it was Darren Waller and the number 22 pick, not a number two. I apologize. So I said that wrong. So it's a first-round pick and Darren Waller. For Devonte Adams is what the rumored pick was, but because Devonte Adams was franchised, they can't legally make that pick in the NFL or trade. Yeah, yeah, I would one hundred percent do that. I think, um, like I said before, so he was valued at, I guess you could say, at a second round pick, roughly. He's gonna he's gonna be more productive than a lot of second round picks especially he's he's in his prime of his career he's one of those players that I'm sure is good enough if he's not to his 100% as he was from all the injuries he's going to be much better than most second round picks and much better than any tight end I think we have on the roster and especially with um Sternberger coming off the ACL injury as well. Ton, ton. I, Sternberger I, got cut. Tonyan, I'm sorry. Yeah, t- yeah. <laughs> Two big white guys. Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, you just you don't know what you're gonna get. So I, I would, yeah, I would definitely give up a second round pick for Darren Waller. And if anything, he's gonna give the intimidation factor. Like he's gonna, he's gonna, or the threat factor, talk. right? So yeah, he's gonna call. He's gonna get the defense attention. Which, yeah. with the lack of weapons we have, we could use some distractions right now, I think. 
Well, and if Tunyon comes back, so then you play them both on both on the line. And even if you just have Lazard and Cobb, you could still be a dangerous offense with Lazard, Tunyon, Waller, Cobb, A.J. Dillon, or Aaron Jones in the backfield. I, what are defense? And then you have a like a Mercedes Lewis as a you know a blocking type guy that kind of gives those one of those guys a break, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I I guess I feel like Cobb is our number two at the moment. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's one of those that I think it it's easier said than done. That yeah, I'd for sure get Darren Waller, but it's so hard saying with like his health, I guess, if he's feeling 100%. But he's, like you said, he's going to get the attention of the defense at least. And that might be enough to create some space for Cobb and Lazard to get some open looks on some routes. I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to say how tight ends will impact the game, I feel like, with the Packers offense. Right. So – We've never had such like a high-end draft pick or a a tight end, I'm sorry, a high-end tight end that like they've been used effectively in our offense. I guess since what, Jermichael Finley, you would say, maybe? So maybe. So even like the Super Bowl year, he was injured. Wow. So I don't know, right? Yeah. I don't know that we've had a tight end that has really affected the game on a like a game by game basis since Chamura. Bubba Franks, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But like that's a long time ago. I mean, so Chamura yeah. is like 97, 98. Bubba was, Franks is right after that, right? You're not even remembering Chamura. I was I just did the fake nod that I pretended I knew who that was. And I was thinking, I'm like, I'm thinking Bubba Franks. Yeah. So and Chamura's before him, right? So Okay. Yeah. It just and that might be something Rogers may not want to. And because yeah, there could be a reason we don't we haven't had that. He might like the wide receiver option more than like a high end tight end. High end, tight end. So, right. I don't know. I mean, so I, a, I, there has been a few years that he's used them effectively, right? So I think Finley had a good year or two in there, and I yeah. think that um, Tunyon had a really good year, not in twenty twenty one, but in twenty twenty. And um, the guy who caught the sideline pass against the Cowboys. He's oh the, yes, shoot! That guy bounces around all over the place. Yeah, but he had a good couple years with Green Bay, I thought. See, two, two. for some reason, I thought he was only there for one. Anyway, he had a good year too, right? Jared Cook. Yeah, and he's and he bounces around, and I can't figure out why. Maybe they don't. Maybe the NFL doesn't like the guys with the last name Cook or Cooks because Brandon <laughs> Cooks jumps around all the time, and he's really good too. I don't know. Yeah, Jared Cook is a plus tight end that can never just find the spot that he lands forever. It would have been yeah. nice to sign him instead of Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham underperformed pretty substantially. Oh. And then ran his mouth when he went to Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Who doesn't? 
They leave the Packers and they think, oh, now I'm in a better place. All they care about is winning. They never fucking win. Get out of here. Exactly. <laughs> no, I I would like to see a, a high like a top tier tight end for a change, just because it could help. I assume we're going to be giving the ball to AJ Dillon and Jones quite a bit. It could help with the play action game. It'd be nice to see a different look and get some type of change to the offense. And we're talking a lot about like weapons on the offense and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but what would you actually like to see in terms of the draft? So I'm not a draft expert. I'll do like the first couple rounds, I guess what I would, I would do if I was like me doing Madden. I think yeah. the first one or two picks, if you can't find a good trade for like a high end wide receiver, one of those picks be a wide receiver and one of them maybe be a defensive lineman, maybe one or two defensive linemen, an offensive tackle or two versatile players. Packers are kind of known for players that can be plugged in in a couple different um, areas, which obviously I like. And then from there, just depth, best available depth that we're trying to look for. Um, but for sure, a weapon or two that Rodgers can use and a high-end defense alignment. I guess I forget that uh, Sammy Watkins got signed too, right? So, oh, sh- yeah. Right? So, oh my we're gosh, talking yeah. about wide receivers and stuff like that. Sammy Watkins has to be our one currently. Yeah. Yep. Lazard probably our two and Cobb our three. <laughs> Cobb or uh, – Rodgers is our three. Amari Rodgers would be yeah. our three. And, and I know we didn't touch on this. I know we mentioned it last week. He signed like a very team-friendly contract, a very um, like we can cut him after OTAs or like, I don't know, it would be a low penalty if we, not OTAs, but it was like point. Yeah, it was like a million bucks, which is yeah. like the vet's minimum, right? So yeah. I think he can earn up to four. Something along those lines, but sign the Betsman. So, like, guaranteed, like, there's nothing you can get him too much cheaper for. And he He's might, kind of a perfect signing. Yeah. I I knew we were missing. I felt like we were missing something. That was, yeah, like, way over my head. Yeah, and he's he's got to be – he's got to have still some gas in the tank to provide some type of – productivity and maybe show some draft picks, some young players, the ropes, or even help out Lazard. So, I mean, that's, I forgot that that's such a good signing by us. I think it's provided some type of relief. Yeah. And so, like you said, if we go out and we sign or we draft two wide receivers in the first, I don't know, say like, 150 picks. So yeah, one through three rounds, right? Um, if we do well, 120 picks. If we do that, and we say, well, we don't really need Sammy Watkins, then we can walk away. So I think that having Sammy Watkins signed allows us to be flexible. Now, I don't know. Will I be happy if we walk in with the wide receiver room that we have currently? I don't know if I will. I think I want at least somebody that's going to replace Cobb and Watkins in the future. 
So Lazard, I think that you can keep him on the team. You can sign him long-term. Amari Rodgers, you can sign long-term. I know you're not super high on him, right? But he's young and he can develop. Yeah, yeah. Having those guys that we can, like, at least funnel in new talent when Cobb decides to retire or Watkins decides to move on, I think that's important. And yeah. I almost think there's no way Cobb makes it longer than Rodgers does. Right. So if Rodgers is retiring in three years, uh, um, Aaron Rodgers, I think Cobb's done them at the same time. Yeah. And so yeah. Like, regardless, it it it's it provides us like a lot of flexibility that I don't think a lot of people. I mean, I'm sure people are recognizing, but it can it goes unnoticed with the amount of different things we can do with the wide receiver room, or just develop what we have and the draft picks we get. Yeah. And so, I mean, and granted, like I'm doing mock drafts on, I think it's pro football focuses website, which yeah. they have certain guys ranked really high. Like uh, uh, the, the defensive end from Purdue, the edge rusher from Purdue Carloftis or something like that. They have them draft like ranked at like number 10. But then I see other mock drafts that have him at ranked at like 23 and the Packers can get him right on occasion. They get him on occasion. They don't. Now, if a guy like, uh, I think it's Jermaine Johnson out of Florida state would fall to them, which is the defensive end or that Karloftis, I would be pumped. Right. And I want to see kind of three out of the four picks for the Packers to be defense, one at every level. Right. So go get an edge, go get a linebacker, go get a safety. And I get that we just signed Campbell. Um, and maybe you do like a interior defensive line, an edge, and a safety or a corner. Just one at every level for the defense, and then one guy in offense. And if that guy in offense, you decide we really need a right tackle so that we can fill out our line, I'm comfortable with that, right? So I believe that the Packers front office is smarter and has done way more research than I have. And now I don't think they're the Jets front office, right? Where they fall in love with like flashy guys that don't pan the Packers have proven to me over time that they know how to draft players and they know how to do a good job. I can give them the front office a best job. I guess I forgot all of <laughs> our best jobs in our, in our breakdowns. Um, but the Packers front office, I would I, like, I'd give them a best job due to the fact that for years, They've been a, like above average. They're always able to bring in players that are productive for the Packers. Even if they miss on a first round guy or a second round guy, they bring in a guy that is valuable to the Packers. Yeah. And something that kind of sparked my mind as you were talking, if we did go that route of kind of first few picks going all defense and like a tackle. There's still a couple free agents that could 
OBJ is available. I'm not saying they would sign with the Packers, but OBJ is available. Is Cooks available still? No, Cooks signed an extension with the Texans. Um, That's right. Julio's but, out there. Jarvis is Julio. out there. And there might be guys that like we don't even realize are out there. Yeah. That are like just not at that superstar level, right? That aren't like yeah. mainstream players. Yeah. And something again along the lines you said, I've like learned to kind of trust the Packers like front office with drafts. Like I get to the point where like I overreact. I'm like, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Like I haven't seen his name on Twitter, but then pans out to be like a damn good player. So I'm I'm hoping that trend continues continues, but we'll see, I guess. Yeah, so uh, for me, that player is Nick Barnett. At the time that Nick Barnett was drafted, I was a I was like huge on like sitting. I would sit down for three days or for two days, I think at the time. So Saturday and Sunday, watch the whole draft. I would sit. It was my favorite thing to do. One of my favorite things to do. Just like veg out, watch the seventh round draft pick of the Packers. And I was big on. Um, uh, Boss Bailey and EJ Henderson. One guy went to the Lions and one guy went to the Vikings, right? So EJ Henderson ends up with the Vikings. Boss Bailey ends up with the Lions. They're both, they're the top two linebackers as far as I can tell, right? I'm like, those are the guys we need. We need to have these guys. We need to have, we need to have. Nick Barnett was probably the best out of all three. And I was so pissed that they took Nick Barnett. I was like, they screwed it up. They ruined the whole draft. (laughs) I was wrong. A hundred percent. And my mom brings it up to me because I used to hate him. I would just hate him. And my mom was like, you remember you hated that guy. And he was, he was all, he was very good. And I'm like, whatever. Along the same lines as the draft, Giannis, when we drafted Giannis, I was like, who the fart is that player? Like, just absolutely, like, what? Just, and then ever since then, like, both NBA and especially NFL with how many different players there are, you just got to kind of got to trust the front office. Like, I started to learn not to read into the mock drafts. I get so tied into those. And, I mean, you'll see it when we get to ours eventually that, I, I think I spent like way too much time on it, <laughs> like way too much time on it. And it was to the point, like even my girlfriend was like, why are you, why does this matter? Like it, they all, everybody has like a different list. So just kind of go with like what everybody's saying and just kind of make it one thing. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> like, I guess, yeah, and I, then I, I don't I guess I could do that. Right. <laughs> um, when we get to that piece of it, I I kind of just went with a list and I was like, where would I move people around? Right. So I picked one and I was like, all right, these are things that I think could be or should be different based on like my my brain here. But like, yeah, yeah you're right so- about the Giannis thing. Like sometimes I buy into hype for guys. Jabari Parker. <laughs> so, so Jabari Parker, like, I think that he was like the, like hands down number one player that year. 
right? That like whoever got the number one pick was taking Jabari Parker. Like it wasn't like a question. So for me, I brought, I bought, I could be wrong about that. I bought into the hype of uh, Yi Jian Lian, right? He was out of China. Like I saw some like clips of him playing. I was like, this guy's going to be so, so good. <laughs> the truth. <laughs> yeah. And he was just okay. Right. And even <laughs> if he was just okay, that might be overestimating what he was in the NBA. Yeah. So, and uh, I remember, shoot, this would have been like way back. I don't even remember what year this would, he would have been the pick. Um, he was like the 13th or 14th overall pick. He was from Tennessee. His name was Marcus Hayslip. This would have been like in the Ray Allen time. I was like, okay. he's going to be so good. Like he had a massive vertical. His vertical was like 47 inches, something dumb, <laughs> ridiculous, like a ridiculous vertical. I was like, he's going to be so good. Worthless. Never did anything. <laughs> but yeah, you're, you make a good point that like you buy into like the narrative that either the team sells you or, ESPN sells you, you know, whoever it is, they're selling a narrative on certain players that it doesn't feel like the Packers generally buy into. And they end up picking the correct guy instead of like the flashy guy. Now, like they've missed too. So, like TJ Watt was a miss, right? So, you could have draft TJ Watt. Yeah. He's maybe the best defensive player in the league. He's from Wisconsin. Piss the bet, right? That shit happens. Yeah. Yeah. And and all the you can say that with a number of I mean, especially in the NFL, there's so many players that go late too that you don't know is going to make such a big impact. That's the thing with the NFL draft. I feel like it's so difficult. You could get a play in the fifth round that makes a bigger impact than a first round. So Tyreek Hill is a late round draft pick. So if you're looking at the top wide receivers in the NFL right now, Devonte Adams is a not is a second round pick. Cooper Cup is not a first round pick. Tyreek Hill is not a first round pick. Ah, uh, shoot, there was a fourth one for sure that was not. Um, Stephen Diggs was not. Michael Thomas was not. Now, Michael Thomas didn't play last year, but the year before, he is the best wide receiver in the league, right? Yeah. Or if not the best, he's in the top Top three. Adams and Jefferson, top guys in the league, first-round picks. They're up there. They're in the top ten in the league for sure. But to pretend that your guy needs to come from the first round is fairly silly. And to pretend that – those guys are going to make an immediate impact, I think is also pretty simple. Exactly. So you'd be fine with a wide receiver and a uh, defensive player or a tackle or something like that. And now that we had that discussion, like I'd be fine as long as it, I feel like it's as long as it pans out, I'd be fine with them going no, I mean, no wide. I would like a wide receiver a couple wide receivers in the draft, but like the top, the higher end picks, I'd be fine with, you know, defense alignment, anything we need that they see would be a big impact. 
easier said than done, but yeah, I would be fine with best available that would fill in a hole, you know? Right. That's, that's why like if they found a guy like Gary, who at the time people were losing their mind because he's a reach, right? So he's a, you know, quote unquote reach. Guess what? He might be the best defender on our team right now. Like that's a real possibility. So to like get all hopped up on like what we could have had or what we couldn't have had, move on from that, accept the player as he is, let him grow in our defense, and let's see what he is in two years. Now, I get the people who want a Super Bowl right, 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 right now. That doesn't make you that happy, but I'd rather I would rather not be the Lions. Or for the last outside of the last year, the Bengals. Or I wouldn't want to be the Browns or the Jags. I don't want to be those teams. I don't want to be teams that win on occasion. I want to be the team that consistently wins. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's easier, easier said than done, but I 100%, I guess, agree now that you're saying that. I know I said earlier I'd sacrifice some years of success. Yeah. But I mean, I know we can do do it in a way where we can still have success now and still carry it over years to come. But that's, that's so hard to do. Like, easier said than done. I'm going to say it 100 times this episode, but. Um, oh yeah that's why that's why i'm not getting paid millions of bucks to do that and i just do it on madden instead they can start paying me millions of bucks or even like a hundred thousand bucks and i'll (laughs) and i'll do research all day every day i uh, there you go so packers if you're out there if you're listening i will be willing to work for you like minimal salary i don't need a big salary just more than what i make now and i'm i'm in like you got like 70 hours of me just looking up football (laughs) That's what I do in my free time, kind of anyway. So let's just let's get on. Offer me a job right now. Let's go. All right. So up next, we're going to get into our uh, Sun Drop Challenge, which is the first ten picks of the NFL draft. I'll say who my first pick is. Then uh, Riley will go into his his first pick. Um, what we're going to do is if we end up tying. Or we both get zero. Pat gets punished, and he has to uh, shotgun the sun drop. That's just what he gets for not showing up. I don't care if he's getting married or not. Like, you know, make the sacrifice. Show up for your podcast. Come on, man. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. But we really will make him shotgun the sun drop if we tie. That's that's the rules we made up without consulting him at all. I'm sure he's on board. What do you think about that, Riley? Yeah, it works for me. That's what he gets for not showing up every day. No days off in the podcast game. Yeah. So we're just taking the same 10 so that he has to do it then? Is that is that the way it's going to work? You mentioned it earlier, and it was a good idea, but I haven't had to uh, shotgun a sun drop so far, so I'm still I'm feeling a little good. So I may give you a run for your money. All right. Good deal. Good deal. So I'll start off with mine. I'm going to – Take the Jaguars taking Trayvon Walker from Georgia, defensive lineman. Um, that seems like the new trendy pick. That's the 
the odds on favorite at the moment. Yeah. And I'll do mine as well. Uh, I think our first few are the same, so we can kind of go through these quick. Uh, I did Trayvon Walker as well. Um, just for the reason you said as well, I had Hutchinson for most the spring winters, but a lot of people are high on Walker. So I'm going to go with him. And then I will do my second pick. Um, I had Aiden Hutchinson, kind of the other consensus number one pick, I guess. He was the number one pick on a lot of people's mock draft for most of spring edge player out of Michigan, but I have him going to Detroit, staying home in Michigan. Yeah, so I have the same pick there. I think that if Aiden Hutchinson falls to number two, uh, Detroit isn't even, like, they might they might run to the podium, like, <laughs> one second off the clock, not even yeah. let Kuiper and McShay talk about the pick at all. Run up there, <laughs> get that pick in. They might be way too excited. Yeah. Both those picks, I feel like, were good, are interchangeable for either team. Very good picks for either team. Right. All right, so next up, I have Evan Neal coming out of Alabama as an offensive tackle. Um, Houston will be taking him, try to protect whatever they got going on back there at uh, quarterback. Looks like Davis Mills should should be the guy that they're going to try to build around at the moment. Got to protect him. They're going to go with offensive tackle. Um, Yeah, again, like I said earlier, sorry. Uh, We have the same pick here as well i agree with everything you said it's probably the next best player up um great offensive lineman definitely i think the best offensive lineman in the draft um next pick i have Kayvon thibodeau uh he's an edge rusher out of oregon i think the jets have that pick um the jets could go with almost any type of player but i think he is the next best player up he stood out at Oregon um and in the pack 12 very good player yeah so again I have the same pick uh I think the Jets take him the downfall on him is that he is outspoken and he is willing to be honest about the things that the reasons that he chooses like in Oregon or over in Alabama and things like that, that he did it because he wanted to be the guy that shines. He, he didn't want to be stuck in a system. He wanted to have a job at Nike when he gets done with his playing career. And that's part of like the reason that he chose Oregon. Like he was a guy or he is a guy that, is telling you what I would perceive to be the truth, right? There's a lot of guys that make these decisions that never tell you the truth. It appears that Kayvon Thibodeau is just telling you, this is why I made these decisions and I'm not going to apologize, right? I know I'm a great football player. This is what I want to do for my whole career. I have my life set in front of me. And if you don't like that I'm this confident, you know, kick rocks or whatever, right? 
because this is who I am. And people don't like that. He was graded as the top guy coming before the season. He didn't have a bad season. And now he's fallen to like the four or five range do that. And he could end up going one if the Jags decide, you know what? Let's pull the trigger. Let's do this. But he might fall just due to the fact that he's being honest with people. With the number five overall pick, I have Charles Cross out of Mississippi State, an offensive tackle to the Giants. Um, I think the Giants have to really invest in their offensive line, make sure that they are protecting Daniel Jones. If you're not going to take a quarterback here in the top five, you better make sure that you're going to protect the quarterback that you have, and I think that that's what they're going to do with the fifth overall pick. Uh, with my, this is kind of, this is the last pick that uh, we are mirroring each other. I have the same pick here. I agree. Um, they need to protect Daniel Jones. They need to have somebody on the offensive line. It's kind of a general there. So number five, yeah, I have Charles Cross. Number six, I'm going to say this name wrong. Iki Ikwanu. NC State offensive tackle. I I'm pulling a U. I don't have the team pulled up who's gonna pick him, but I I think he That's Carolina. Yeah, so I think Carolina this is where me and you differ. Carolina will pick an a QB, but I don't think until second or third round. So I think they're gonna get a top and offensive tackle that they need um, to protect the future quarterback of that team. Yeah. So I think that that's a, uh, that's a fair assessment, right? So nobody is really, really high on quarterbacks. That being said, I think Carolina has been chasing a good quarterback for at least two years, if not more. and. They think they got their guy in Kenny Pickett. They're going to pull the trigger on Kenny Pickett. That's what I got at six is Carolina, Kenny Pitt, Pickett, Pittsburgh quarterback. And you think he's going to be – that's that's an interesting pick because a lot of people have Malik Willis as their number one QB. Do you – is there any reasoning behind that or are you just – you think it's uh, So, pick? I mean, to be honest with you – I would take Malik Willis if I'm taking if I have the option to take the uh, first quarterback off the board. It's Malik Willis. I think that in general he's more talented, right? It feels like to me that the Carolina Panthers like Kenny Pickett. Not sure 100 percent why, but that's the attitude I've got from all the mock drafts I watch. Is that if they're going to take a quarterback, Carolina feels like Kenny Pickett's place. No other reason, just that's the feel. Um, other teams, if the other, if somebody else was going to take a quarterback in the top five, I would say they're going to take Malik Wills. But Carolina, I think, is on Kenny Pickett. Okay. Fair enough. Then the 
So with the number seven overall pick, the New York Giants have a pick. Um, I don't know who it's from. It's not their pick, uh, but they're going to take. I believe it's the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. All right. I think they're going to take Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati, who's a cornerback, work on shoring up the defense. He, I think he's pretty easily like the best standalone corner in the draft. He's the guy that is, and like, I don't want to compare him to like a Richard Sherman or a Darrell Revis because these are guys that are Hall of Fame corners. Right? Sure. Yeah. But he's got the game that's the most similar to that. Yeah. 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 Right? That's so a tough can, thing. With yeah. The draft, he can go out on an airplane. Yeah. Yeah. People like compare players and think it's, Oh, they're going to have Hall of Fame careers, and they just have similar playing styles. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're all good. Um, he can go on an island, and he can play that way. That's the way his college game looks. Now, okay. whether he does that in the pros or not, who knows? That's the look. Is that he's a he's a he's the best corner in the draft. He's the guy that if you need to put somebody out there and just be. That's him. I think the Giants go with that. Okay. Um, my number seven pick, as well as Sauce Gardner from uh, Cincinnati. So we'll just get to the eighth pick. I have the first QB off the um, off the chart. I have Malik Willis going to who's number eight? Atlanta, no. I think. Yeah, Atlanta. They just traded away. Um. Matt Ryan, I know they signed Marcus Mariota, but that's that's doesn't seem to be a long-term plan. So we could see Malik Willis dropping here. I know there's been talk, not sure if it's true, of them looking into Jordan Love. They're definitely on the market for a QB. So I have Malik Willis going number eight to Atlanta. All right. Number eight to Atlanta for myself is Iki Ekwanu. From North Carolina State, offensive tackle. Uh, like Riley said earlier when he announced his name, that might not be the pr- correct pronunciation, but uh, that's as uh, good as I can kind of do, right? Um, but I think that they're going to try to protect, protect Mariota, be able to run the ball with uh, Patterson, uh, they also have Mike Davis down there. I think that's kind of the, the way they're going to go. With the number nine overall pick, I have the Seattle Seahawks taking Kyle Hamilton from Notre Dame. He's a safety. He is probably the guy that I would consider to be the best. Like, he has the best headspace of all the first-round picks. He is the guy that understands the game the best, uh, manipulates the game the best with his brain. And I think that he fits what Pete Carroll does in Seattle, like to a T. Like this is to some extent the absolute worst place for everybody else in the league for Kyle Hamilton to fall to. Uh, Pete Carroll's a defensive guy. Kyle Hamilton is a really smart high end safety and allowing those two to pair up. 
I think could be really dangerous. I, what it appears that Seattle's doing to me is reloading their defense, and the guy like Kyle Hamilton will change what that defense has been recently, I think. And I think it's kind of a perfect fit. Yeah, I agree. I I think uh, Seattle oh, did, definitely. Did tried. I skip your I'm, eight pick? I think I skipped your eight pick, Riley. No, no. I had Malik Willis eight. Okay. Okay. So okay. I'm on number nine as well. I think Seattle will definitely try to reload their defense and their secondary, but I think it will be Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. He's a cornerback. He, I think he can also play safety. I'm sure he can. I'm not 100% sure, but I think this is from stuff I read. I think he's kind of a versatile player that can fill holes for Seattle that they've been missing since the Legion of Boom, if you will. They're, they lost their intimidation factor in, um, in Seattle, so I see them taking a intimidating defensive player, and both of us kind of had that as well, as you can see. Um, and my 10th pick, I think, is it the Jets that have this pick? Yes. I, uh, I think they will go with Garrett Wilson. This one, I'm not so sure on, and I don't even, I'm not even sure if he's the best wide receiver option. I just have him going to the Jets. I personally think he's the best wide receiver option. I think the Jets need a wide receiver. He's a tall, physical wide receiver, and in my opinion, he's the best. So <laughs> why not take a shot with him? That's my reasoning on this pick. I think the Jets chase chase defense with Robert Sala as the coach. Um, I think he'd rather have a really powerhouse defense than a like a high-end offense. And so I'm taking Derek Stingley Jr. here for them where you took him at number nine. I have a hard time seeing Kyle Hamilton falling out of the top 10. So Derek Stingley falls into the back into the top 10. I don't know that the Jets need a wide receiver. They signed Corey Davis last year. They drafted Elijah Moore. There's another guy that I was pretty high on that I can't like think of the name off the top of my head that is probably their third or fourth wide receiver now, right? But I think Derek Stingley Jr. kind of fits the bill for what Robert Sal is looking for, which is a shutdown defense. Pair it with the things that they did last year in the draft and the offense that they kind of set up. Get it ready to go and shut teams down. You don't need to be able to score as many points. Kind of my attitude towards it. Stud stud corner on the Jets. If he wants to be successful, he'll set up his defense. Yeah, and I I don't know how you feel, but I feel like we're gonna look at this on Thursday when the draft is, and we're gonna maybe get like two right, and we're gonna look like idiots, or we're. I, or we might look good. I don't know. I think that's the thing with the draft. It's so unpredictable. So I think that this year's draft is really like sketchy with who goes where to because there's so many guys that are basically at the same grade level. 
right? Yeah. And you don't have a ton of teams that didn't address their quarterback situation this year. Basically, the whole time we've been running the – actually, I think it was the, my first spicy meatball ever was Jordan Love is worth a first-round pick, right? Which would have been like week 11, week 12 of the NFL season. Well, he's not worth a first-round pick anymore because everybody has filled that need. So even Atlanta fills the need by going out and getting Mariota. I guess there's probably a few teams that didn't fill the need. Carolina, but they traded the first-round draft pick last year for a quarterback or a second round. So they have uh, Matt Darnold, not Matt Darnold, Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold. Yeah, and then Seattle didn't really, like, fix their quarterback problem. They just got rid of Russell Wilson. And I don't know that Geno Smith is like the guy who solves their problem, right? But he's been in their offense a few years. I guess Jordan Love could go like there. But if I'm Seattle, right now, uh, Mayfield is out there. And he definitely has more game time experience, more wins more at like all that than Jordan Love. And he's like people say, well, he's a big guaranteed contract. It's $18 million for your starting quarterback. If you think he's good, that's nothing. That is literally no money off your books at all for a starting quarterback. So I don't think that Jordan Love can get a first round pick from you anymore. But that's because most teams – address the quarterback situation. Would you like to see Jordan Love be moved on or do you want us to keep on or keep hold of him for a little bit longer? I'm I'm high on Jordan Love. I think that there's a lot of people that think that he is what would be considered a bust. But I would keep him. I would sign him for his fifth year and I would try to extend and when Aaron Rodgers decides to move on, it's that even if that's in six years from right now, I can't see that Jordan Love's going to be terrible. Now, he might want to try to get out there and find a starting job before that, and we might not be able to hold him. But I think he'll be fine. Like, I think he might not be a Hall of Famer, which for Packers fans, that's tough to deal with right we have three hall of fame quarterbacks in our in our history where there's there's teams that don't have any i think it's tough for the packers to say oh you know like we might have to deal with a guy that is andy dalton for a few years or like a 500 qb yeah like oh god what a worthless piece of shit right that's all I hear down here is like, oh, you're going to have to deal with a QB that's not a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah. And that's the thing with, I'm sure you're going to get to as well as five, four, five, six years of learning, learning experience behind Aaron Rodgers is worth a lot as well. As you can see, like from QB to QB, if you keep passing that knowledge from QB to QB, it, it's got to mean something. Like they got to improve somehow from that. I don't think there's any real way that 
Aaron Rodgers plays the way he does if he doesn't watch Brett Favre, mm-hmm. right? So, like, you see pieces of his game that 100% resemble Favre. Now, it's not the interceptions or, like, like mistakes that Favre made, but, like, he watched Favre's game, like, the back foot throws, the, like, you know, hopping in the air, like, that dumb shit. Off balance, like, oh, yeah. Like he's like, oh, people can do that. I have the be- I have an arm just as good as Brett's. Like, let me try to do that. And then he could. What he did differently than Brett is that he said, Oh, I'm not gonna force that ball. Where Brett said, three guys, fart it. I'm in. Let's do this. <laughs> right? Like you got three defenders on him. I can yeah. still fit in. That's what Brett kind of did. And Rogers is like. That was the fault in Favre's game. I'm going to remove that fault from my game. And it just built up. And you're right. Like, watching Favre play helped him be a better quarterback, even if Favre wasn't teaching him. And I think the same could go for Love. And, again, this goes down to drafting the right players. Even if the players don't even have the talent the raw talent of a Rodgers or a Favre, which a lot of teams, you know, what, 24 teams pass on Rodgers. So obviously those teams didn't see it. They had to see something in the player to carry on that QB legacy type of thing. Like, I think there's a reason we drafted Jordan Love. There's a reason we're going to draft the next QB. And it's something mentally as well. They might, they might not have the raw talent. They have the, mentality to you know take the good of Aaron Rodgers game and put it into their own game hopefully I could be wrong but hopefully that's the direction they're going and that's the direction I've that's been evident that they have been going so hopefully it keeps going so I think the Packers do that almost as well as anybody is they draft the high character high work ethic guy and they've missed don't get me wrong. They've a hundred percent. But like Rashawn Gary, he's your work ethic guy, right? He is the guy that, oh, you thought I was a bust. Screw all of you. I'm going to show you what I am. He got behind Smith and Smith and he worked his ass off. And now he's awesome. I think you could say the same thing for like AJ Dillon comes in. Everybody's like, oh, you know, like. You already have two running backs. All of a sudden, he's working his tail off, and he's he's probably better than Aaron Jones. Now, I love Aaron Jones. I think he's way more versatile, but as a strictly as a running back, A.J. Dillon going out in that Niners game cost us that game, personally, right? But we find guys that – work really hard, fit our mentality, and just move forward. Where some teams draft guys that are really, really talented and don't care to work hard, right? They've made it everywhere they've been strictly on like being big, being faster, and being stronger. There's a few freaks like that that are that and don't work hard. Right. So they work a minimal amount. And when I say they don't work hard, 
they've still done a lot of things to be great. Because there's yeah. there's guys that are built like that all over the place that don't make it to the NFL. But there's some guys that just work harder than others. And yeah. I think the Packers have selected those guys a lot. And they and that's the thing too, they fit in well with the Midwestern Green Bay culture that moving out of the Midwest you don't really see or living in the Midwest or Green or Wisconsin you don't see, but like everybody that are friends I have down here, Green Bay Packer players are like strict um strict hard playing, you know, disciplined disciplined players. That's like the tag we get. Same with I guess the Wisconsin Badgers as well. But I mean that's what I prefer. You don't want I know I mentioned him earlier, but an OBJ type of character in Green Bay, it just doesn't like it doesn't fit well. So I I think the Green Bay front office does such a good job with the evaluating the character, I guess. Yeah, I think so too. Right. Well, so and we talked about Debo and how great he would be for the Packers. How many times do you see Packers wide receivers asking to get out? Now it happened with Adams, right? But it happened after seven years with Adams. We had him a long time before that happened. Debo was in his third year with the Niners, and he doesn't like the culture there, and he wants to get out. That doesn't happen then. I think there's other teams that do it really well too, like the Steelers. I think the Steelers like find those guys that a lot of times don't cause the problems. Yeah. They've had they've had their issues. They've had their issues like with Le'Veon Bell and with um uh Antonio Brown, but those are rarities there. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to move on to the prop bets next? I think so we decided to do three prop bets. I don't know if we have anything riding on it or just um, our personal pride. So if you want to do your first three while I get mine up. Yeah. So um, let's get some, some rules out there. Sure. Uh, basically we're all of them are a hundred, just like we normally do. Right. So when we pick teams, we put a hundred dollars down. Uh, so I'll just say what the odds are at the end of it. So if you bet a hundred, my first one is plus 175. So I win 175. Right. Yeah. My second one is negative 132. So I win like, I want to say 68. So that's the way it's kind of going to go that we're betting a hundred dollars on each of these. And uh, that's the basic, that's our unit. Yeah. The minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we have like a, like anything on the line. If Pat wanted to tweet something out or send us an email, do something like that and wanted to get in on this, we could do that. We could make it a sun drop challenge. Make him drink two of them this coming week or something. That'd be good. Uh, anyway, I'll start with my three. I'll go with all three of mine, and then we'll let uh, Riley roll into his. 
So the team that takes Kenny Pickett, Carolina Panthers, plus 175, I think that if there's any team that takes Kenny Pickett, it's going to be the Carolina Panthers. And I'm going to put my 100 bing bongs on Kenny Pickett to the Carolina Panthers, plus 175. Ten and a half SEC players in the first round is minus 132. And I'm going to take the over on that. I think that we're going to have over 10 and a half SEC players. Hunter uh, Bing Bongs had in my way. That feels like a lock. And then I got uh, six and a half Big Ten players in the first round, minus 138. I feel like that's a lock with the way Michigan played, the way Ohio State is. I'm going to go with the over for both of those. So 11 SEC players, seven Big Ten players, seven or uh, 18 guys from the SEC and the Big Ten right out the gate, first rounders. I like that. I like that. And I think it's important to say, I think these are all FanDuel. I think yours are FanDuel as well. And these are, they are. according to Tuesday, <laughs> April 26th, because with the draft the last week, odds changed so quick with all the talk. So, yeah. um, but I will get to my three. Um, first, I have the second wide receiver selected to be Drake London, the uh, wide receiver out of USC. It's at plus 125. I kind of went with this just because it goes along with my mock draft as Garrett Wilson being the number one wide receiver. And, I think number two is Drake London, and I think after that, there's kind of a um, gap between the next two or the next group of wide receivers. To me, I think they're the top two wide receivers. Um, next is Jordan Davis' uh, draft position to be under 15 and a half, which Jordan Davis to be picked 15, pick 15 or sooner. Uh, that's at minus 140. He's gotten a lot of talk kind of in the offseason since the combine. Just he's he's just an animal, I think, with the hype factor alone. I think that will get him to pick 15 or sooner. And I think he's a damn good player. I could see a lot of teams needing him. My third one is a total of, um wide receivers taken in the first round to be under six and a half, which is minus 120 according to FanDuel. Yes, I think wide receivers are um becoming a big big part of today's game, but I think you can find values in value in wide receivers in the later rounds. So that's why I went with the under. So I'll just request recap quickly Drake London, second wide receiver taken. Um Jordan Davis getting picked uh pick 15 or sooner and um, six or less wide receivers taken in the first round. I like them. I like, uh, I like them all. I think Pat's definitely drinking some drop. We'll get all these right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think out of these two bets, we have to have them chugging some, at least one sun drop. It'll be embarrassing if not. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, so I think if they, if they all end up being right, if I'm looking at it correctly, I think I got you. 
right? Because of my Kenny Pickett to Carolina being 50 points higher than your mm. Drake Long. But okay. Yeah, we'll go according to the odds, I guess. Yeah, you took a bit big risk with that one. I kind of felt like a weenie taking a smaller one, but uh, I guess you put your balls on the line with that one. <laughs> so Pat always uh when I took my double dogs would uh would kind of be like, Yeah, but you always take the shittiest double dogs, right? Like that's the safest bet for the double dog. And I was like, Well, I won like six in a row or something like that. So it probably wasn't six, but it was a bunch. I think, and I think if you guys, if you want to put bing bongs on the draft, I think prop bets are such a fun way to do it. Such a fun way to at least keep pay attention somewhat to the draft. That's what I do at least. So, yeah, and so I, I don't think like your sharps will have more information than you either, right? So, exactly. who's setting the lines for the draft they don't get any more information than we do so if you're listening to probably guys no offense riley but smarter than us right so guys that really (laughs) tune into the draft and really understand why some like a team's going to take somebody you probably have just as much information as the sharps do the teams are not releasing who they're picking to the sharps because it would get out and then if the odds change drastically, um, then the like other teams would know where they're picking. They don't want it. Yeah. So this is probably one time in the year that you actually know as much as the Sharps if you really want. Now, 100%. I don't know if I'm invested enough to know as much as the Sharps, but I know there's people out there that are invested enough. So. All right, so that's our three pop prop bets from FanDuel. Um, we will hopefully get that posted somewhere on the socials so you can see them. Next up, we're jumping into spicy meatballs. You got any spicy meatballs for the week, Riley? I think that NBA basketball is ridiculously stupid in the fact that they run playoff games at the same time as other games. You're running playoff games at like 6.30 and then again at 8. Your game isn't going to be finished in that time. Just spread them out. Play a game. Make sure you're playing games every night. Don't double anything up. I get that you kind of want to make it feel like the NCAA tournament, but I want to watch them all. Like, and throw them all on TNT. I don't want to want like have games that aren't being televised. See, I, I'm the different. I I would love the games to be played earlier, just for me, because. The Bucks, I know this year and especially last year, a lot of their games start at eight thirty, and I go to bed at like nine thirty, so I can't nine thirty ten, you know, so I can't watch a lot of those games. So I don't mind the games being played at the same time. I wish, I do agree. I think, let's say, I, so the Bucks, the winner of the Celtics Nets 
played the winner of the Bucks Bulls series. I think those should be played at separate times. I just think with uh, fans with teams in a market that has a playoff team, I think you just want to watch your team. And after that, watch the team you would possibly play. Because for me, like, I could give a shit less about jazz jazz and whoever they play. And th- and that, that might just be me uh, being in a market that has a team in the playoffs. But I don't know. That's I, I see both sides of that one. Yeah. So, and like, so I have like a secondary one that has kind of pissed me off. Major League Baseball has MLB TV, right? That you got to pay a certain amount of money for. If I buy that, living in the state of Wisconsin, I can't watch the Brewers because that's my local team. So they black me out on the MLB TV, which I think is ridiculous if i buy your product you need to let me watch that product don't make me buy a cable subscription for watching baseball right and i guess maybe i'm just going to be stealing it but right now i will like just watch games or track games through twitter or do whatever i'll rather do that than spend 80 bucks a month on charter so that I can have Bally sports. That's, that's such a good call. I've been, I was lucky enough. Um, Pat has MLB TV, so I'm able to use it when he's not watching it. Um, so I'm able to watch that out of market. Yeah. That just blows my mind that I didn't know that, that you weren't able to watch Brewer games on the league's TV source or streaming source in the state that they or market that they play in. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. And so like, it goes like, so this goes back to my college days. My, my roommates had MLB TV, like the first year it came out or the second year that we started doing something like that. And if you lived on one side of the railroad tracks, you could watch the games and on the other side, you couldn't. Right. And so we lived on the Wisconsin side of the railroad tracks. So we couldn't watch the games and our cable didn't have, we'd get twins games, but we'd get blacked out of the brewer games too. And so like we're, we were in Winona. So it was like really close to the, um, sure. Like the border. Right. But, Still should not have made a difference. It like if I'm buying that product, allow me to have them all. Like the NFL ticket, I don't think they like blacking out local games. They I know they do. I, I don't know if it's NFL network or whatever. I know there's some games blacked out. It might just be CBS and Fox. But yeah, and MLB's like notorious for like not not spreading the game as efficiently as they could because that's such an easy way to expand your game. Example, if you wanted to buy MLB TV to watch the Brewers, you get the Brewers 
Plus, if you want to watch Cubs versus Cardinals, if it's like end of the season, the ch- or yeah. the I, playoff rate, like it yeah. just it doesn't make sense to me. And that's actually that's a good spicy meatball. I didn't know that. Well, and <laughs> that so kind of pisses me off. And so the other thing is like the NFL games are on free TV, right? They're not on like a like a cable TV. They're on sure. over-the-air TV. That's not the way Major League Baseball functions. Everything is on cable, which I which I also think is dumb. But yeah, you know, you do you. Just don't black me out because I live in the state. If I want to buy MLB TV, don't make me fucking buy Charter or whatever. <laughs> I don't even know if Charter has Valley Sports. To tell you the truth. I know they used to. I but. think, yeah, actually, now that I I know they used to have, obviously, Fox Sports Wisconsin and Valley Wisconsin before I moved, but I could see them, obviously, honestly, like getting away from it. I don't know. I think the MLB chooses poor ways to expand the game, and it's, yep. it's becoming noticeable. Um, quick side tangent. Did you see any of the Pirates-Brewers game today? Like this? No. A lot of the stands are just empty in the MLB. And I don't know if that's due to the weather or just because. Well, like, that was a pi- at the Pirate Stadium, right? Yeah. 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 And, dogs and, too. and I know the Rangers down here, they there's been a lot of complaints with attendance. And I know that's been a problem with the MLB. I just, I think they're, they do, a, they choose poor ways to to expand the game and that might just be me seeing the nfl and nba expanding like so quickly and the mlb choosing to do it different ways or what but yeah yeah that's definitely one way they <laughs> set themselves behind all right what do you got for your spicy meatball there riley Oh, I wasn't even really thinking of one. Um, I got one off the top of my head that um, actually, it was basically me and a coworker going back and forth about this. Chocolate is so overrated. It's so overrated. And listen, I I, I like chocolate. Like, don't get me wrong. But like a, a plain Hershey's bar candy bar it like plain chocolate ice cream awful chocolate milk yeah chocolate milk's good but like anything with like chocolate in a snack it needs something else and i i don't know if this is just like a weird side tangent but like me and my co-worker went to absolute war with this i think chocolate's just an overrated player in the candy game i think it's just it's a good side piece Interesting. So do you prefer um like fruit flavored candies like your Starburst Skittles, those so, gummy bears, something like that? Yeah. Over yeah. As I'm as I'm looking at the five pound bag of gummy worms that are just beyond this camera, it might just be like an acquired taste, like sweets over salty type of stuff. But I just I don't know. I I Chocolate, just to me, like plain chocolate, never seems appetizing to me. 
Right. Uh, so I think I'm on board with that. Um, so I, I do think that chocolate ice cream, they fucked up. What I think <laughs> I noticed recently is that they use uh, like a bittersweet chocolate to flavor chocolate mm-hmm. ice cream. And that isn't good. Like if you used milk chocolate, maybe it'd be better. 100%. Right? But they don't. I, I was eating it the other day because we, we, we've been making our own uh, like ice cream cakes, like Dairy Queen style. Okay. And so we had leftover chocolate ice cream. So when I cheat, like I'm willing to like eat anything. And so uh, I ate the, I was eating the chocolate ice cream. I'm like, this is bittersweet chocolate. That's not good. Like you need to use milk chocolate instead of the bittersweet or whatever. I would agree that for the most part, if you're just going to go plain chocolate, yeah, I'll eat it. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm fine with it when I'm, but is it like what I would choose over like, say a Reese's or a Reese's, right? Not a chance. Do you give me something with peanut butter and chocolate in it? I'm on that. Even a crunch bar, way better than just a standard Hershey bar. I think, I think honestly, Valentine's alone keeps the chocolate business. I mean, not chocolate business, just plain chocolate, like in business. Cause that's ridiculous. I don't, I don't know. And most people might think this is just like an odd, like debate, but like, it just gets me heated. I don't know why. Uh, so I think Easter has a, like a big place in it. So, you know, so I got three little kids. We go do like the ultra Easter egg hunt in, in, uh, on Alaska and all they gave out was straight chocolate, just small (laughs) chocolate eggs. That's all they ever do. And they spent a boatload of money on chocolate eggs. I'm sure. (laughs) Probably like 20,000 chocolate eggs. And that's oh, yeah. Damn. I bet you just like my kids alone probably got like 200 or 300. <laughs> I, I, I went to uh, my girlfriend's parents for Easter and I got alone probably 30 bucks worth of chocolate now that you're saying that. <laughs> yeah. And these are just like straight chocolate eggs. Like there's nothing to it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I now I feel like an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think so of like, it that way. That doesn't make them good, though. No, it just makes them. That's probably like your marketable. Yeah, they can. Yeah. I mean Easter. Easter's about getting candy, right? It's kind of like Halloween. Yeah, that's another. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how many people agree with that, but no, I think, I think plain chocolate is the last choice of most people. Like if you're sitting in the Walmart aisle, right. And you're like, I'm checking out, I'm going to grab a candy bar. How many people are grabbing like a Hershey's? I would say that it's, it's very, very few for me. I'm a, uh, Butterfinger guy, but 
It's got to be Skittles. See, I'm fruity, like you said. It's got to be Skittles or like Starburst or something that will rot my teeth. Yep. Yeah. So uh, I'm a I'm a bit. So you were talking about uh, gummy bears. I'll buy the five pound. Like if I'm gonna go like the whole weekend and I know that I'm, I'll buy the five pound bag of gummy bears like in a heartbeat. I love gummy bears. The thing is, you do it for like a cheap meal, and I feel like I need to do it like once a week. Just have like a a bag of gummy bears ready for me at any time. And that might be a problem in the future when I get a little older, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. There you go. That's what I did anyway. (laughs) So I was like, so I don't know if you remember Pat, but both the same time as Pat, like is when I started really dieting hard. And so we, we kind of lost a bunch of weight together. Pat and I did. So for the people that don't know me and Mike, actually, I don't think we met in person. Nope. Not no. unless it was like some random thing where you were yeah. with Pat and I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, no, I'm lucky enough to be like I'm pretty tall. I'm six three, six four. So I can like put on some weight. But yeah. like when I start to notice, I know it it's it, it's quite a bit of weight because like, I can I can hide it pretty well, but as soon as I start seeing it, I'm like, God damn it! <laughs> like it's so. I mean, I I can go like a week without like drinking beer or just eating like ice cream, and I'll go back to kind of dinner, yeah. I guess. But. I probably shouldn't put Pat out there saying that he was used to be big, but like his is more due to like his. He broke his ankle and couldn't really move after that. So for a while, he was not up and about. Like, there's almost nothing you can do except for put on me. Yeah. So I'll probably cut most of that. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. But what uh, else do we have? We have just the hypothetical question. Oh, gosh. What was it again? Uh, so this week's hypothetical question is, if you're a transformer, which vehicle would you want to turn into? Uh, yeah, we'll start with that part, and there's a couple other parts of the question. Um, that's a good one. I guess I will start um, being in beautiful weather in the south in Texas. I have no like reason other than that to be probably a I love Ferraris, probably do a Ferrari, but a drop top of some sort. I don't know the exact car. I didn't really research this as much as I should. I just I don't know. I'm I'm a sucker for enjoying the sun. Cause I mean up in Wisconsin we didn't get it as much. And even being down here, it's sunny 300 of the 360, 365 days. But, like, I don't know. I enjoy soaking up the sun. So, I don't know. Convertible, they're badass. Enjoy the sun if I'm a transformer. I don't know. I This is going to be another – this could be a spicy meatball. I've only watched one transformer, so I don't know if I'm just uh, describing this right. But I'm just using my logic of picking the convertible. <laughs> yeah. So for me, uh, 
like I'm just gonna straight pick probably what would be my favorite vehicle of all time to have, which would be like a 50s truck. Right? So a uh like just your like really old school truck kind of redone. That's what I would want to be if I'm a transformer. Um it's nothing special, nothing that's gonna like do anything like crazy. I'm not gonna be able to like shoot missiles or nothing like that because of just just your classic old school truck. That's what I'd like to be. But blue um, collar get the job done. <laughs> sure. Uh more because of the flash of what it is today than uh like the fact that it's a truck that like that'd just be probably one of my favorite cars of all time. Um, so would you say that your favorite vehicle would be a Ferrari? No, now that you put it that way, um, I'm a sucker. I don't know why a lot of people think these cars are ugly. And if I'm going top tier, I'm going to go with a Rolls Royce. I don't know why. I think a lot of people think they're ugly. And it's definitely like a wealthier type of person car. Very few people have it, but I think that's the appeal to it. Like it's, it looks so much different than almost any other car. And you can just tell by looking at it, it's a high end car. I don't know why, but that's, that's just one of the cars that appealed to me. And another one is the Mercedes um, G class, the G wagon, the SUV. I think. You see those a little more often, but I mean, they're still a high-end vehicle that I enjoy. No rhyme or reason. I just think they look cool. All right. Yeah. So, and, and if I like have to take like a car rather than a truck, um, like a 70 Chevelle for me. And like, I like classic cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, a 70 Chevelle. Like, if I got to go with a car, it'd be that. And then a 50s truck. My, my, if grandpa, you could give me a 50s truck, that'd be my like daily driver. I would drive that all the time. My grandpa, before he passed, he had a 69 Chevelle. Um, it was red and black racing stripes that he said I could have before, before when he passed, which like, looking back at it now i knew i wasn't gonna get it but like i was so pissed off when i didn't get that car i was like why the hell didn't you just give me a, a 69 Chevelle in perfect condition whatever whatever but it's probably only like a forty thousand dollar car right if it's like really yeah. in good condition it's in, still in its original state yeah yeah no i don't know i don't i now I feel like the teenager so, that doesn't appreciate old cars. <laughs> no, so I think that like those cars that you're you're listing, like they're gonna be somebody's classic at some point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. the reason that- the reason classic cars are what they are is because like that's what my old man drove when he was, you know, 20. Is a big piece of it. Yeah, I forget we have like a fourteen year difference, right? But like, 
So the thing that like the cars that I drove when I was in my teens were just shithole cars. So I had a Geo Metro and like a Buick Century or something, <laughs> or a Buick Regal. Like and it was like an '86 or something Buick Buick uh, Regal. It's like <laughs> just shit cars, just yeah. terrible. Uh, and there there were cars that like could have been cool, like like I could have been into like Supras or something like that, like or uh, like an Eclipse, like. I think that a Mitsubishi Eclipse is going to be one of those cars that guys from my generation will seek out when they're 45. That's actually a good call. Yeah, I haven't really even thought about it like that way, I guess. Right, so what, what was like kind of the cool sports car when you were growing up? And like, there might be guys that even seek out like like uh two-door grand amps yeah the one that i don't know if it was just specifically my buddies but somebody we knew had a mclaren in west salem like a buddy's dad so that's gonna be one of those cars yeah for some reason like every time i see it i'm like oh that's a mclaren and it might not be the most expensive it's top tier but like it's just one of those cars that you are mentioning that I grew up like, oh my gosh, I'd kill to have one of those. A lot of people would. Yeah. But now that yeah. you think of say it that way, yeah. Right. And so like I don't know that like and I was not like this like huge on cars guy when I was in high yeah, school. Me neither. So I wasn't the guy that was gonna be out like turning wrenches now that I'm like a real adult. Uh that is actually super fun. Like I changed my law. I'm like, man, that felt good to do like to do real work once. Cause I don't do it enough. Right. But I, I was, I'm so glad you, so just last week I can say it now I had to get my oil changed and I almost asked you guys like, what are good places to go? And I thought I was going to get shit for not changing my own oil. Like I, I thought I'd, you guys were going to be like, just change your own oil. Yeah, so I don't money. I don't know where Pat would fall on that, but you know, like I I wouldn't blame you for taking it in, but I I enjoy doing it. Like it's something yeah. that I bought a couple like really shitty cars and had to like work on them because I just mm. didn't quite have the money to be. And my old man's pretty good with this stuff, so like sure, yeah. So like I'd take it to him and I'd be like, I need help. I don't know what I'm doing. And so, but I never cared growing up because he, he's always worked on our cars. He doesn't work on my mom's. Like, so my mom's, she'll be like, I'll just take it in. But like his own, he's always working on it. Right. Which is kind sure. of, funny. but like, I never like helped him. Like he never like really pushed hard on me to help him. If he needed something, he'd have me help. But like, it was never something where I had to learn how to do it. Yeah. But now I really enjoy it. I enjoy it a lot. So. And this might be a young person thing to say, but like we we are at the point like my generation, it could be different in different schools, but I we weren't really even taught how to do that. I know some people were taught how to do like basic stuff like that, but like it's to the point where 
like I'm I'm almost embarrassed how to ask how to change my oil just because like we're I'm so used to just being like all right let's just take it in when you could easily save like thirty bucks doing a full synthetic change just in your parking or in your garage. Yep. Um, I mean, and so when I was in when I was living in Missouri, uh, like I do it right in the right in the parking lot of the place because that's where I had right but I didn't care like I didn't care if there was like oil running down the uh, parking lot or whatever so I don't know but down there that's where I really started doing stuff myself like I'd call my old man and be like I don't know what I'm doing here what do you think I need to do and he'd he'd be like yes you too better whatever so (laughs) I don't know that's like that might be where I'm at right now (laughs) Yeah. So what kind of car do you have? I, um, I just got, I bought an, not a new car. I bought a 2019 Kia Forte, not a few months ago. Cause my, uh, my Toyota Camry got hit by a drunk driver while I was asleep. So I actually, I ended up making money from that and I was able to upgrade my car. <laughs> oh, nice. But, yeah, so I have a Kia Forte. It's fully synthetic. I, like, I know plenty of people know how to do it. I know there's, like, things on YouTube that tell you how to do it. But I, I don't know why I don't do that. I might just be too lazy. Uh, so, I don't know. Like, so I had a car that at one point in my life, like, I didn't change the oil. Like, it was... So I had it for from 75,000 miles to 240,000 miles. And I probably changed the oil a total of four times. Not that like I just did it four times, that it got done four times the entire time. Sure. Right. So like just stupid, just drove it all the time, never changed the oil. But it was, it was rocks out. Right. (laughs) I I don't know. So like that's I what know. I was when I was like twenty five. It's just this guy that didn't fucking care. No, my dad bought me. It, I mean, it's car. It was an Alero while I was in college. It got me to point A, point B, decent car. I didn't change the oil at all. <laughs> and he came up, or maybe I drove down to West Salem from Menominee because I went to Stout, and he's like what the hell is that noise? And I'm like, I, I have no idea. Like, didn't even think it was a, a thing. And he's like, when's the last time you changed your oil? And he's like, the oil needs to be changed. Ended up having to scrap that car because the engine just stopped yeah. working. So now it's like, every time I'm even close to an oil change, I'm like, we need to get one. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I just got, I got super lucky, right? Sure. That, like, I didn't have some sort of leak that I was running out of oil or, and I think at one point I did have a leak. And so I'd fill it up, but mm. I wouldn't ever change it. Right. So I might put some in it, but I wasn't changing it out. Either, yeah. Which yeah. kind of helped it probably. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So I'll, yeah. So I think that's good. Um, people probably do not care about our oil change talk, but <laughs> deal with it that's the way it goes um normally i don't do these so i'll try to keep it short um do everything he said 
Um, we're getting into kind of the dog days of summer. So if you got any suggestions, let us know. Um, but keep listening. I think we're we're all having fun with it. We're going to keep doing it every week. Um, I enjoy talking to everybody that comes across this. So I keep. I hope we uh, can keep this going. Yeah, and for all you suckers who are doubting the Packers, you can eat our shorts. Sure. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came, eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came, eat my shorts. All them suckers that doubted the Packers came, eat my shorts. Eat my shorts.